Well, hello, everybody. It's nice to see all your smiling faces once again, and welcome back for another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. This, if you're keeping track at home for your own personal records, this is the third episode of season six, or it is the 33rd episode overall. I am your host, your favorite podcast host's favorite podcast host, Kevin Crine, and today's episode, there's going to be a lot of me talking. Things are going to get different, things are going to get interesting, and I don't mean that in the Midwestern way, where when you make dinner for somebody and they don't like it and they don't know what to tell you and they just push the food around their plate, I mean that it's going to be a different kind of episode and it's going to get interesting and maybe a little weird, so let's see how this goes. I'll save a bunch of the fine print for the end that people inevitably skip over, but for now, let's get to it. I've written a prepared statement, and I'm going to read it. The earliest mention of Federico Durand on the blog Anhedonic Headphones dates back to the very first post from the site, January of 2013. It was the introductory post more or less explaining why I had started the blog in the first place, and then going into a little bit of information about the album We Make Life Sad from the ambient and experimental artist Nicholas Burridge. I had become really invested in instrumental, experimental, and ambient music throughout 2012, and Burridge was one of the first artists I had discovered and it was through his collaborative LP, released under the name Every Hidden Color, that I was introduced to the Argentinian ambient composer and performer Federico Durand. My interest or investment in the ambient or experimental genres comes and goes, but Durand remains one of the most compelling and fascinating figures in it regularly releasing intricate and contemplative albums at least one a year, sometimes more, sometimes by himself, often with collaborators. Durand and I struck up an internet friendship over Facebook at some point when I began writing reviews about his albums, and he was always very genuinely appreciative of my thoughtful writing about his equally thoughtful music. Based on how long I have been listening to him, and often returning to his work to find a sense of solace or quiet in what can be a chaotic, stressful existence, he seemed like a very natural choice to be a guest on the podcast. I reached out to Durand and asked him how his conversational English was, and he said that he was really only able to express simple ideas in English and that much else is difficult for him to articulate, if not in Spanish. And famously, I am an uncultured buffoon, and I speak no other languages. Duran suggested that I send him questions or prompts 
and that he could take time to write out answers or responses, and that I could read them on the podcast along with the selection of music he chose for the episode. So that's how this is going to work. I'm going to be reading some things that somebody else wrote to correspond with the selection of music chosen by today's guest. So please welcome to the podcast, through his words and thoughts, but not his voice. You're stuck with my dumb voice this whole time, but put your hands together as you are able for the illustrious guest, Federico Durand. As I have been doing with as many of the guests on this show as I am able to since I started season four during the pandemic, I asked Durand how he and his family have been holding up over the last two years, as well as what his plans are for 2022. And this is what he told me in our exchange that we had over Facebook Messenger. I think the whole world has been facing many of the difficulties that this time has imposed. In my personal life, music accompanies me at all times. While I work, with my family, while cooking, when sadness or pain occurs, playing and composing, when I think about my friends, and reading. I feel that all of us who have music in our life are very lucky. A kind of magic. One of the most humane and mysterious manifestations is always with us. It is an affirmation of life. And also... It generates empathy for those who suffer the most and gives us the strength to take care of each other in a world that seems to have lost its access. Federico Duran has selected 10 tracks to share with us on this episode of the podcast, and I had asked him after he sent all of them to me and his write-ups about each of them, uh, what kind of metric he used to select them. And he said that they are simply musical pieces he's enjoying a lot lately, and he thought it would be a good opportunity to share them with me, uh, but also all of you, all the listeners out there in podcast land. So this first piece... When I said things are going to get interesting and things are going to get different, 
I wasn't kidding around. This first piece that we're hearing is called Hut Song, and it is from a collection of field recordings called the Aka Pygmy Music. That's the name of the album. It was released in 1973. The recordings are from the Central African Republic in 1971, and it was put together by the French National Center for Scientific Research. Of this track, Federico said that this piece of music represents for me an infinite tenderness and at the same time a deep ancestrality. There is something initial, magical, which when listening to it returns us to an early childhood. This second piece is called Infinitely Gray, and it is performed by Ken Akita. It's from the album Zuki Moon, which is from the year 2000. And Federico writes, Ken Akita's music is unique. I was lucky enough to meet him in person and see some unforgettable concerts in Tokyo and Kamakura alongside with electronic artist Sakawa 
Its synthetic sounds, like a deeply poetic beam of light, dialogue very well with the mountain landscape of the place where I live. When, together with my family, we go on expeditions deep into the mountains, we usually play the music by Ken Akita. I fear that I'm going to butcher a lot of the names of these, both the track names and the names of the performers, just because I am such an uncultured buffoon. So apologies all around to anyone listening who is just cringing at my uh, lack of tact in pronunciation. This piece is from a collection of Estonian folk music from the late 1970s. This one is called Lal Amale, and it is, it is from a composer named Raimo Kangro. The collection is a, a series of seven-inch records called Let's Make Music. That's the translation of them. They were released in Estonia during the Soviet period. That's what Federico writes in his notes about this piece. I am lucky enough to have a small collection of them. 
some of the best Estonian composers made music for this series of small vinyls. For many years, I have been collecting Cinderella's, and he puts that in quotes, Christmas and charity stamps, whose illustrations are magnificent. This piece of music, with its dreamy melody, is ideal for looking at my Christmas stamp album. Okay, this one's a little easier for me to pronounce, thankfully. <laughs> There'll be more difficult ones later on, don't worry, folks. So this is from a composer named Andrew Chalk. Uh, it is from an album called Circle of Days 2, and this is pretty recent. This is from 2020. That piece is called East of the Moon, and of this, Federico writes that Andrew Chalk is a good friend of his. Chalk's music... And the precious editions of his faraway press label are a treasure in my collection of LPs, CDs, and cassettes. For me, his work follows the traditions of arts and crafts movement and also of William Blake's work. His music brings images of a world of fog, of gardens taken by plants, of neighborhoods with working-class houses and open landscapes. That is a piece from composer John Cameron. It is called Dawn, and it is from the score to the 1969 film Kess. And so I, I had never heard of this movie, and a quick goog told me that it is a British drama, and it is about a young boy who is bullied 
and he becomes interested in falconry. And on this piece, from the score to Kess, Federico writes uh, that Kess is a Ken Loach film, and it is one of his favorite movies. The story of Casper and the Falcon is perfectly portrayed with its pain and tenderness in this piece of music. is another opportunity for me to demonstrate how uncultured I am. I hope I don't butcher this completely. This is some Chilean folk music from 1959. Uh, The artist is Violeta Parra, and it is from a collection called La Cueca Presentada for Violet Para. Um, The song is called La Mariposa. And in my internet research here that I have done frantically before hitting record, um, Cueca is a family of musical styles associated with Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia.
of this piece, Federico writes, What to say about Violeta Parra? For me, one of the greatest artists in South America. There is something very special about her voice, about the guitar playing. The Chilean Cuecas keep a deep secret that, the more I listen to them, it hides and shines more and more. And so with some of these, I tried to run some of the names through translation so that I was a little more confident in what I was talking about, or at least explaining to you at home who is listening. But this is a piece from a Brazilian bossa nova artist from 1971. Uh, Her name is Nara Leo, and the name of the song translates to foolishness and it is from a record called The Years Later. Of this piece, uh, Federico says that Nara Leo has such a special voice, and this version of the song is hypnotic. She beckoned towards the melancholy of Brazilian music.
So this is a little bit of electronic music from Miguel Castro, and he performs under the name Pomeranic. That piece is called Clang, and it is from his record Pomeranic 7. Uh, he's an Argentinian artist that is from the year 2000 and Federico mentions that that is the only album from Pomeranic and he describes it as one of the hidden gems of the Argentine electronic music community Uh, it's made with a sampler and a four-channel cassette recorder and he describes it as being dreamy and repetitive with its melodies and he says that this, that CD, that album, is one of the treasures in his record collection. into this one and uh, I was fascinated to to skim what information I, I found so that is from a woman named Maria Sabina and it was recorded in 1956 it's from a record called Mushroom Ceremony of the Maztec Indians of Mexico and the piece itself is Jean J. Sucre. Um, she was a shaman 
and she would use hallucinogenic mushrooms, as one does, and perform long trance-induced incantations. And so this this episode has been full of surprises. Uh, this is a very eclectic mix of of tunes and pieces that Federico has picked. And I'm grateful for that. I would have never known about any of these things had he not sent this list of songs to me. He says of this piece by Maria Sabina that during rituals with hallucinogenic mushrooms, the recordings are like lullabies towards the depth of the human mind in close relationship with nature and the distant yet near stars in the sky.
So this last piece by Reiki Kodo, and it is from a record called Rice Field Slowly Riping in the Night from the year 2000. And I read a little bit about this album, and it sounds really fascinating in the way that this artist works and in the way it was put together. And this is what Federico said about this last piece he selected for today's episode. He's enjoyed Reiko Kudo's music for many years. She is part of the Noise group, together with her partner Tori Kudo. Uh, They live in Tokyo. She makes beautiful music, which not only works with the melodies and raw dreamlike sounds. For me, a harmonious, almost perfect blend between the emptiness and instrumentation, both rustic and delicate. Listening to Reiko Kudo feels like looking at an old piece of pottery, like a silent walk under a fresh cedar forest. So that's it. Those are the 10 songs that Federico Durand hand-selected and wrote about and sent to me to uh, present on this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank Federico for taking time out of his day to write so thoughtfully. I like to think that I write thoughtfully and with a kind of graciousness and a, and a poeticness, but... Man, even in just a couple of sentences, he's doing more here describing these songs than I could do with a couple thousand words and a bunch of footnotes nobody is going to read. So thank you again to Federico uh, for humoring me, for finding a way to be a guest on this show with his words and having me read them. Thank you, dear listener out there in podcast land. I know that this was a little bit of a weird episode in terms of what we listen to, 
but that's the point of the show. It's never my music, really. It's always a vessel for somebody else to talk about the music that has inspired them or influenced them. But it was a bit of a weird episode in terms of how it was put together with just me reading the text that somebody else had sent to me. So thank you for your patience during today's episode. I really appreciate it. So this has been another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Krein, a.k.a. Kevy Fly. As you know, this is the audio extension of the award-winning music criticism and analysis website, anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com, now entering its ninth year. Why would I do that for nine years? I ask myself that every day. Uh, if you like what you've heard here in terms of the podcast, feel free to recommend it to your friends, to your enemies, to total strangers. Spread the word as you are able. Like and subscribe in all the places fine podcasts are sold, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I did happen to ask Federico what his plans were for 2022 in terms of projects that he was working on or new releases that he was getting ready. And he said he was going to put something out in his home country for the first time uh, through a label there, the Prius label. It's a seven inch vinyl EP. And then he also has a couple of other things he's planning on reissuing uh, that were either very limited in their initial release like a cassette he had put together at the start of 2020 for a tour that inevitably did not happen, um, as well as a piece he had improvised in Ancient Castles of Japan with a couple of other ambient composers. So for more information about Federico Durand and all the various albums he's released, projects that he's a part of, Go to his Bandcamp page, federicoduran.bandcamp.com. I'll put a link to that in the extended show notes for today's episode. But his stuff is great, and I've been a fan for so long, and I'm, I'm very grateful that he was willing to, to come on the show as he was able to. But I'm also very grateful for his music because it's very thoughtful, and the way he writes about other music, you can hear that thoughtfulness and that kind of poetic nature in the compositions that he puts together. So if you're ever looking for something ambient, something quiet, something sometimes a little whimsical, sometimes a little uneasy, he's got you covered. He's got it all. He's got a huge canon of work, so there's something for everybody there if you're, if you're in the mood. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you're staying safe out there, as safe as you were able to. Remember to keep washing your hands, keep double masking. If you gotta go outside... And always remember that black lives still matter. We'll catch you next time.